Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Love that sound. This is a good one. Well, what do you want to talk about? I only want to recap your little trip that you had. Yeah, hold on a sec. I'm just looking for my headphones that I thought would make this. If we want to do a second one, um, I got to do a Facebook argument with a vegan which is stupid but about egg addling in uh, what about it rochester and oh yeah what do you mean well they're they're uh there's some volunteers that are gonna be planning on they got the go ahead from the city and state to do that i've seen that that's kind of crazy to think about because of it's the home of the giants right now they're gonna be killing them that's kind of Interesting. It's a change of attitude in the last 30, 40 years, you could say. Yeah, right. Um, but no, I did see that. And then people were talking about, you know, well, they should let people hunt, and it's an inner city, and then you get into the whole, well, what's a resident goose and what's not, and that's where the vegan was way out of her element. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you know, like stuff that we've been learning and talking about, it's like, well, the, if you had a special hunt in the fall, even if you let it happen in the... Of course, she's not for that anyways, but if you let it happen in the, the even in the city, it wouldn't help because those aren't the ones breeding in Rochester. <laughs> Probably. Well, wait, the ones that are laying eggs in Rochester are not the ones breeding in Rochester? No, the ones that, that you would hunt in the fall. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come through are not the ones. No, the, I was, my point was like the only real way to do it is to hunt them in the spring once the breeders show up. Uh, yeah, that's what Canada's doing. 
it's literally the only way. So, I mean, that would be, we could talk about that. Um, have you been recording? Because, I mean, we've already kind of got three minutes of content. I have been recording, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck it. Let's go on Shit, this stuff. Shit, let's use it. Yeah, I believe that's what's happening in Manitoba with the March season is they are specifically targeting their breeders for hunting season. Um, as a matter of fact, they even classified Canada geese in the same category as um, as snow geese. As light geese? Oh, wow. Yeah, like a nuisance species. Huh. I suppose they probably need to in order to get the, well, I mean, it's different in Canada, obviously, but the federal framework to have a spring season. I mean, that's why the snow goose season is a spring conservation order. Kind of sets it apart from a normal hunting season outside of normal parameters. But that would be an interesting hunt because you're not going to be dealing with, you know, large flocks. Like these paired up. I mean, the best way to be like sit on a pond with a muskrat hut and uh, wait. <laughs> wait for him to walk around on the ice. I think I lost you. I do not hear you. What's happening with my cheek? Oh, there you are. All right. And you're back. Um, this is phenomenal audio the, uh, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> if you go on the Okamic Marsh website, it published the first arrival date of their first pair, nesting pair of Canada geese that arrived every spring. So if you go on there, They've got like the historical and everything. It's like March 20th, March 15th, March 22nd, March 25th. It's kind of all over the place for um, when that first pair arrives. So, I mean, that, we're talking about the first two birds. Right. So, how much hunting season are you going to get on a season that runs March 1 to March 31? You'd almost have to have it in April just to make yeah. sure more breeding pairs are around. And then. They're not generally flying out to feed fields to feed, anyways. Not really. Like, how would you hunt like uh, breeding pairs that are all about just standing on ice and fighting? Yeah, I mean, you go, you like kick them off, <laughs> or you just <laughs> yeah. walk out with the shotgun and shoot them in the face because they're not yeah, going to leave. They're going to try to fight you. Exactly. I think it would what about, be pretty easy. <laughs> what do they do for turkeys? That uh, turkey reaping. Yeah. Could we yeah, could we do that that oh my reaping God. form of hunting for candy? Yes. They would come yeah, you just have two big sentries and you hold in front of you, you walk up to a blind, they're gonna come out for a battle royale and you just shoot them. <laughs> uh, but I um, but that's kinda what I said in that debate. I'm like, you know, the effective because the the part her comment that caught my eye was um well hunting is dangerous. I said, mm, hunting isn't really dangerous unless you're a goose then it's fatally dangerous. Uh, Unless you overload your boat and uh, it, drown. That's it, about the only time people yeah, get fucked it up. It can be dangerous. The accidents do happen, but, you know, that happens for anything. So roller, roller blade, roller blading is dangerous. I don't, nobody's advocating we don't do that within city limits. So it's it's a stupid argument. Um, but yeah. Basically, like, it doesn't have to necessarily be with shotguns. You could... Again, uh, a, sitting, a pair sitting on ice, snipe them off with some archery equipment. Or, you know, if you're already going to be bending some rules or making some special rules, then why not legalize the use of, of 
pellet rifles within the city limits or you create zones, you know, right. to use them. How can you imagine how many, what ratio of those are going to be wearing double bands when the, <laughs> that, that is the birds that they double band is the, the breeders around that area. That's what they specifically want. Well, to that that, the females are the ones that get the nesting females, get the red, um, the geo trackers, the red ones. Uh, yeah, that's, that data is going to get, you're going to get some data off of that. <laughs> some data for sure. They're back. <laughs> we know they're back. Have you seen them? No, but people are calling in bands. <laughs> yeah. um, at a ridiculous rate <laughs> right I mean I, I think it would be almost like um, you know the way they did the wolf season back when you would you would figure out a number that you want removed and you could easily have like a, a, even a tag system that as soon as we reach this number season's over mm-hmm. like whether that happens in one weekend or it takes four weeks it's like here's what we want removed because my argument from them, I'm like, you know, addling is great. It 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 makes it so they don't reclutch, but it's not foolproof because you spend all the time, taxpayer money or whatever, to do the egg addling. And for people that might not know addling, it's like it's it's a way of stopping the embryo from uh, growing. So they sit on. They still think everything's hunky dory. The eggs just never hatch. If you yeah, just, if you smash the eggs, they'll re-nest. Right, they'll just re-nest. So what could possibly happen if you go in and you do all the egg addling is that, you know, are all the local predators in the area, are they on board with this? Are they like, okay, everybody do not eat the addled eggs? Uh, you know, I mean, so something can still happen where that pair re-clutches. We could have a late spring winter, winter storm like we had a couple years ago where it dumped a foot of snow on top of all the eggs. Well, they're going to reclutch. Um, so the only true way is to kill them because dead geese don't lay eggs, obviously. So, so I'm looking at the uh, historical data of the first goose arrival at Okamek. Um You want to know? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, 2020, it was March 6th at 1.21 p.m. 2019, March 18th. Back in 2017, uh, that was a really warm spring. I remember that. Uh February 21. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, pretty much here, let's just go back from 2017. It's March 6, 10, 13, 22, 11, 13, 15, 15, 16, 18, 10. And then if you go back to, um, if you go back to 1996, it was on April 6th. <laughs> wow. Late spring. Yeah, so, yeah, that must have been a late spring. But yeah, yeah so it looks like it's like kind of what I said in that. Right, it, March the 15th. is yeah, March the middle part of March is probably the large average time frame. So, how many birds are going to be there on March? I mean, let's say you want to go there for five days, and you're, I mean, obviously you're going to plan that on March 25th and beyond. All right. How what's going to all be there? And then how are you going to hunt them? Like you said. Yeah, I, I mean that all that's going to have to would have to be worked out. I mean, but it's it would be far more. I think it would be far more. Um, successful or efficient, you know, because let's say okay, you 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 do the egg addling, and then that pair it works that that year, but that pair comes back the next year, and let's say your the program doesn't get renewed, or those particular geese decide they're gonna nest on a you know because they oh I guess they weren't really harassed, so there's no reason for them to not come back to that same nesting site area, but 
if something happens and the program doesn't get continued, you, you really haven't gained anything. Like one year's, like it's a continuous thing. You're going to have to do it every year to have any, I mean, it's at this point, it's a maintenance issue. It's a maintenance issue because if you just don't do it one year, you're going to almost be right back to square one the following year. Right. Like you have, I mean, because new geese are going to, you know, find it, find the area. Some of those young will come back when they want to breed. Probably not all of them, but some of them will. The ones that don't get addled. I do think you're getting cities now that are um, coping much better with the um, temperate nesting, like the the big body geese nesting in cities. They're starting to figure out how to prevent that pretty good now, I think. By doing what? Um, A lot of dog work. They do a lot of harassment stuff. Oh, sure. And um, it, it has to be, like, very persistent, like... The shipping geese away in trucks, that kind of works. Um, well, one time I was a kid, I seen that happen. Problem. Right, they trying to do, or they just kick them from the city to the rural areas. I mean, there's cities that have been doing that for like 20 years with different success, I think. But um, the harassment stuff and uh, like even just, I think they use like those little RC boats and drive around and just, just harass them multiple times a day is really what it takes. That's interesting. I mean, it, it sounds like it takes a lot of effort in general. I mean, it does, yeah. Um, and that's the thing, and it's it becomes a maintenance issue, and so you're gonna have to start paying people to do this. I mean, unless unless you can find volunteers every year to do it, um, but if it comes down to a thing where cities have to find room in their budget for this because you have to pay people, it's at that point, then you go back to starting to look at uh, you know, hunters doing it because they'll pick up the tab for you. You know, right? Which the vegans just don't. They can't even wrap their head around that. So, and we eat them. Man, did I have some good geese from my trip too? Yeah. Oh, dude, no exposed keels on these birds. They were healthy, like of, healthy, healthy, beautiful birds. A lot of fat. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, like you know, when it's I let them cool off before I cleaned them a little bit, and you know, when it, it kind of just opens up like a thick leather coat. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh man, it, just great colors, nice adult birds. We shot a bunch of geese that were like old as shit, like not adults, like grandpas. They got the rat whiskers and shit. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. That's and nice. uh, just a just a bunch of really nice looking geese too. And I, I was cleaning some yesterday and. It's like nice, like, and we basically did a ton of head shooting, which is awesome. Sweet. I know. No so bands though. Oh no, no, no! That area of Nebraska doesn't get any bands. It's weird. I wonder why. I do too, and uh, I've heard of like the, the game wardens came and uh, came and checked us, and he said, "Yeah, somebody got a band last year." Because I inquired about it. I was like, "Really?" I was like, "God damn!" I wish I could talk to him and ask him, like, "Where did that band come from? Like, where did these geese come from?" What population is this? Like, how the hell do you even know if there's no bands in there? Right. I don't know. And the game warden, he's after us out there. Yeah. No, he's a super nice guy. Oh. <laughs> no, I, no, saw uh, your, I saw your, your snap. You're like, oh, I'm going to need to get bailed out or whatever. Like 200 people messaged me. I would say, like, what happened? What happened? And a bunch of people messaged me, like, yeah, I'll come bail you out. And that was really heartwarming. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I do have friends. Aw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but no, that guy's name's um, Frank. He just looks like a 
Bronx detective, and there's a bunch of additional regulations that we're that we have to be following in the locations we're hunting that uh, go beyond like state and federal licensing. So he's just you know chatting with us, and he goes, "And I do you have this?" I'm like, "Yep, yep." Here, let me get it out of my pocket. And there it is. Like, oh fuck! Damn, Damn it! it. I get you on that. <laughs> I'm gonna get these guys one. Yeah, but here. you have this. And you're like, yeah. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just keeps like, oh, oh, let me check this out. I'm like, yeah, I got that too, man. I got it too. <laughs> and then we get his card every year, and just in case we have questions, and he's a super nice dude. Cool. But uh. What are, so what are the special things? They just have different permits? Yeah, for the areas that we're in, uh, we got to be following um, more specific and more uh, strict regulations. We've got to have all of our T's crossed and I's dotted pretty much for to do the type of hunting that we're doing in Nebraska there. Is this actually in Nebraska or is this your, we were hunting in Nebraska? It's 100% actually Nebraska, Dale. Okay. <laughs> I have trust. I have trust issues with you, Nick. Cuny, <laughs> um, Nebraska. Cuny on the Platte River. Oh, so you're hunting the Platte River birds. That's cool. Yep, sure was. Sure was. But no, a lot of people thought I got in trouble legally. Um, well, I mean, you kind of painted that story. <laughs> I just said it. I just said it on the internet. Like I could say anything on the internet. It doesn't. People what, believe it though. Are you trying to say if it's not on the internet, it's not true? I'm trying to say if it is on the internet, it is true. Oh, like okay. everybody well, just thinks it's trouble. true. Like <laughs> that means you were in trouble because you put it on the internet. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> you made it true. How oh, dare you? Um, yeah, I'm reading a little uh, thing from uh, Canadian Wildlife Service here. They are gonna they're changing the southern Canada breeding population of geese so they can start whacking them in the spring after March 1. Really? Yes. Um, shoot, they say there's a table of contents. And that's in, that's in Canada, though, yeah? Yes. This thing I'm reading now, or what I just pulled up, is the handbook. It says, Canada and Cackling Geese Management and Population Control in Southern Canada by the Canadian Wildlife Service Environment Canada. Very official. But yeah, they've got all sorts of stuff in here like um, prevent hatching, prevent nesting, reduce the attractiveness of feeding habitats. And this is like they got to categorize by seasons too early spring, late spring, early summer, summer, lure geese elsewhere, goose population prescriptions. Let's see, that's not what I'm interested in though. I'm interested in hunting. Lethal management. There we go, page 15. Huh. That's going to be pretty awesome if they ever open the border, that is. You can go to Mexico still, I think. Well, that doesn't help me shoot early or spring hawkers or spring cacklers. I, I wonder. No, yeah, never mind. Because you don't need to have any sort of special regulations to um, shoot Canada geese up until March 10th. Okay. Anybody could pretty much... It's March 10, you you have to stop hunting, and you can't start till September 1. So I know that Minnesota and North Dakota, when when Minnesota did do it before September 1, they uh, they had some sort of special deal, and so does um, North Dakota. Hmm. That's probably why you don't need a Fed stamp for that August season. I suppose that would make sense. Yeah. Um, 
hunting. In order to hunt Canada geese, hunters must obtain this permit, provincial permits. Okay. The length and timing of hunting seasons have been adjusted and larger bag limits have been implemented in many areas to increase the harvest of temperate breeding Canada geese. Band recoveries from hunter-killed birds show that most banded temperate breeding geese are shot near to where they were banded. This suggests that harvesting of geese by hunters helps limit local population. Okay, it's nothing to do with what I was talking about. Yeah, well, but see, vegan, I was right. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the only way to do it is to have a hunting season once your breeders show up. Did you know what I want to see? Like the more southern flocks of juvies. I want to see their movements on a on a satellite transmitter. Yeah, like yeah, do they I, have, do they ever? Well, that's usually when they grab them, isn't it? When they're too young to fly, wouldn't that be the time? Yeah, because to... we shoot. You know, all of, a lot of our molt bands are from Iowa, but those are year two year old birds, so we know they go to Canada. At that age, but what do they do their first year? I wonder when they're hanging out with mom and dad. What does yeah. mom and dad show them, especially that far south? Because you'd think they would have to move north for a, or somewhere, move somewhere for a habitat like adjustment late summer because it's hotter than shit there. I'd like to see some. Well, we've, all, we've all seen it where some lucky some bitch shoots into a flock and every single one of them is banded. That's, I mean, and, likely and you're talking a about family like, group, um, right? You're talking about banded, like, not nearby, right? Like, at yeah. least, like, 30, 50 miles or whatever? Yeah, but it's still, yeah. like, you shoot eight birds and every single one of them has a band on it. I mean, that can't just be chance. It's like, those had to have been banded together, and they've just been homies, whether they're hatchmates or or what, but they had to be together when they got banded. Right. More than and likely. so, you got to get um, permission, like, what they're doing in Rochester, you got to get permission from the feds to do that ed egg addling. And you what? have to do, you have to go through some process too. They've got a permit, and then to get the permit, you have to show that you have done some other types of uh, deterrence. The article. What's that? I'll see if I can find the article. It's actually a pretty short article. Yeah, I know. It didn't go into that stuff. I read it too. Um, that is that is just crazy though. That the home of the giants, where they rediscovered Canada geese, and they're going to start killing them there now. Just kind of as a. Like well, a it's cultural a, aspect. I don't know. It's yeah. weird. Well, it makes it a, I mean, it's a, a, just another recovery success story, you know? I mean. Yeah, it is. That's what it comes down to. You know, it's, that's the other thing. I, it's so hard to get through like anti-hunters heads that like with the wolves or whatever, as soon as you get a hunting season on something, you should be like, sweet. That means there's a bunch of them. <laughs> right, because you don't generally have hunting seasons for things that are uh, struggling. So, no, I, yeah, you, you for sure don't. <laughs> and when I first started um, regulating waterfowl hunting, I just learned this today that wood ducks were illegal to shoot. When was that? Nineteen thirteen. Nineteen thirteen. You couldn't shoot. Or the Migratory ducks. Bird Treaty Act. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of crazy if you think about it. And I think that Roskies were also protected for a while. They think that the Roskies population got super low. I've heard, yeah, I guess I've only heard hearsay about that. I'd like to get that uh, confirmed. If that was, if it was more of like, did they just lump Roskies in with snows? Because I've heard that there really isn't that many Rosses. 
I mean, like, the population is healthy, but it's not like they're not the Rossums. Rossies aren't the ones doing the damage to the tundra, per se. But right. it's really hard to tell the difference between a Lester and a Ross. I mean, I guess it's not, but in the heat of battle, if you get a big, you get a big giant, you know, wad all balled up, some Rossies are going to die, probably. I think that they have had differentiated them quite a while ago. Like the Ross from the Snow Geese. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. They never found a colony of their... They never knew where they nested until like 1895 or some shit. That's nuts, dude. That's not yeah, even they, that long ago, really, if you think about no, it. No, and they just uh, they found a new colony they had no idea existed as late as like 1996. Huh. Yeah. That is pretty crazy. Ross... No Nesting. Let me see if I can pull up a map here. Let's see where the old Ross's goose hangs out. Pretty much straight north. Yeah, Ruskies migrate mostly from south or northeast to southwest. Yeah, I mean it's like Straight north of the Dakotas, pretty much. Where they breed? Mm-hmm. And then east of there, right? Yeah, and there's some smaller... Yeah, they have, like, a big... The particular map, Audubon Field Guide, that I'm looking at, um, shows a dark red blob. And, like I said, straight north, like the... Um, what would it be? Manitoba, Saskatchewan border, like, goes right to the middle of it. If you just run that straight north... And then there's little lighter pink blobs all along the coastal areas there, different bits of coastal areas. So even on the northern edge of uh, Ontario, in that big giant bay there. Oh, yeah? That shit just fascinates me. I know. Yeah, so Hudson Bay. Yeah, the north, the south shore of Hudson Bay has some nesting Rossies. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of snow geese up there, too. But most of it is what is called the Central Arctic. Okay. Um, yeah, I just pulled up <laughs> the uh, recovery. I've got some data on the recovery of the Canada geese, what, what each individual state did, like, in the long time ago. Okay. <laughs> like, like, uh... People were getting like Canada geese from aviaries and bringing them over to this state, and they're developing a population. And then this state would say, hey, "I want to, I want some of those geese, and ship them over there." Like there's just a network of Canada geese that was woven into the entire countryside. I do remember that. I remember um, Colorado being one of those places, like Denver. They're shipping them off to Denver, and that was like they were doing that every year, trapping some, sending them off when we started having too many here. Um, right, and then next thing you know, Colorado's like, "Whoa, we're full, no more." <laughs> and then yeah. we started running. We started running out of other municipalities to to ship them off to. And that was the end of that. That was that was the end of spreading them around. But now we have geese <laughs> everywhere. So I mean, it worked. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Yeah, I just found it. This is a 700-page document, so it's a little 
It's a little tough. It takes to a little bit navigate. to weed through it. Yeah, a synopsis of Giant Canada Goose restoration efforts in the Mississippi Flyway. Year, 1936, Michigan, release site, Central National Wildlife Refuge, 332 geese by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Okay, 30 sites in Michigan in 1928 to 64, and then 72 to 73, various sites. They dropped another 32,000 geese in Michigan, the Michigan DNR did. And then uh, let's see if there's other some other significant ones. 69 to 95, Wisconsin, 3,500 geese. That's not that much over spaced over 30 years. No, not really. Minnesota. Minnesota, 1930s, Agassiz National Wildlife Refuge, unknown. Unknown. Rice Lake, unknown. Thief Lake, unknown. Um, various sites from 82 to 95, 34,000 Canada geese translocated from within the state from the Minnesota DNR and the University of Minnesota. 34,000 is a lot. Now, now you're talking real numbers. That's 13 years. I mean, all the way up until 1995. I mean, I was eight, and they were still dropping geese off places. Like, wow. Do well. That's kind of wild. Let's see if there's any other significant ones in here. Um, yeah, that, I mean, every state's got stuff in here, though. But huh. 4,000 in Missouri in 1949 to 91, over 44 locations. It's not very much. There's a lot of just unknowns, though. Like, there's a really impressive amount of just unknown. Like, we put we put geese here. 5,000 geese in um, Iowa from 83 to 93. Translocated from within the state. I've just been reading. I was reading today about the um, continental United States population of Egyptian geese. And what? I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of wondering about them because um, there's like starting to give it to be like a noticeable population of Egyptian geese in a few states. Really? And that, ha- and that happened in Europe in the, like, the 70s and 80s. And now they are fucking overrun with them. Like there's spots in like the Netherlands that have got a ton yeah. of Egyptian geese. Yep. And I'm like, is this going to be the next nuisance goose that i can sell hunts for <laughs> yeah right and what would i google i want to see this egyptian goose in the u.s just uh just do a um population increase egyptian geese in america in the north america and there's populations that are growing in florida and california and texas Eight thousand geese in illinois from 80 to 91 that's a lot of geese. That's 20K in Mississippi. They dropped 20,000 off in Mississippi. And they're from, they sourced them from Georgia, Illinois, Ohio, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Minnesota, Tennessee, and Ontario. <laughs> Fuck. What the 607 heck? in Louisiana. They dropped it off. Let them go. Here we go. I've got 3,100 in Alabama. How many? 3,100? Yeah. 4,200 from 83 to 90 in the Arkansas River Valley. And they have a five-goose season now in September for um, Giant Canada's in Arkansas. And that's the only place you can really find them, I guess, is the Arkansas River Valley. I've read about that. The, you said Giant Canada's? Not Giant Google. Canada's. Oh. In? In oh. Arkansas? In Arkansas. <laughs> Well, they're definitely in Florida, I'm seeing. What the heck? Yeah, I'm blowing your mind, huh? I had no idea. I do know I see, like, 
you go anywhere in the south and there's Muscovy ducks everywhere. Like those things. Oh, some of those like shell ducks? I'm not real familiar with them. Um, maybe they're a shell duck. I don't know. Well, they're, they're like, they're domestic. It's They're the ones that have all the, like, um, cronkles on their bill. Like, oh, all yeah. Warded yeah. up and, like, every, every road, uh, like, ditch system or, can, um, canal, canal, <laughs> canal system, uh, you'll see them. I mean, they're just everywhere. And I wonder what the regulations for them. Like, I would assume there's none because they're completely invasive, non-native. And these Egyptians are considered invasive as well. Status in the United States. This is from 2011. Just populations are widespread and increasing in Florida with smaller numbers in California, Texas, and other states. Well, if that's... In 2011, good God. In California, pairs and small groups are encountered in Los Angeles and Orange Counties. Scattered reports north of Humboldt and Tahoma Counties might pertain to local escapees or small ephemeral populations. The California population, while growing, probably only has 100 to 200 individuals at present time. But again, yeah, one to 200. That's the number I heard. But again, that was 2011. Yeah, that's ten years ago. And then look up Europe and uh, do do a Google search on uh, Egyptian population or Egyptian goose so they population must, explosion. They must there. not migrate much. They must just like hang out. <laughs> you don't, ever, you um, don't yeah. hear about people yeah. shooting them. You don't hear about you know like. No, they probably don't migrate very much, hardly at all. Okay. Trying to get a, trying to see what the high count anybody's ever found on them was. I don't know an easy way to look that up. I know a hard way to look it up. And I'm going through that now. <laughs> and I'm going through <laughs> that right now. Dude, you know what we need to start, like, a restoration goose project of? The ninis, dude, in the continental United yeah. States. That would yeah. be dope. Oh, Those things con- are so pretty. Did they, did they used to exist in the continental, or is that just a Hawaiian I have goose? no fucking idea. I have no idea. I, I think, think it's, it's just Hawaiian goose. I think it's just they've, a Hawaiian goose. There's been a bunch of weird waterfall stuff uh, that's happened out in Hawaii. Like they've got had like giant geese out there, like giant geese that were ninis, I think. And you can see some skulls that they've got in some somewhere. Oh shit! I found it. I think four. Is that a high count? Ah, fuck! I'm not on high counts. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Mostly non-migratory. These birds will generally only move if there is a shortage of water in their area. Well, there you go. Well, you're going to have to go somewhere that has Egyptian geese to shoot an Egyptian goose. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe their population is just going to blow up. Who knows? Can they handle cold weather? Let's go. Probably not. They're from Africa. Uh, as I don't think they can, no. I think they're more of a... <laughs> Yeah, I think it's going to be in the warmer climates. I don't even think they're technically a goose. I think they're a shell duck or something. It's from the family Anatidae. Well, that's duck, geese, and swans. I yep. know that much. Yeah. Uh, higher class of Alipochin. Let's see what that has to say. I'm going to click on that. Bird family Anatidae, part of the subfamily T- 
Cadrinae, along with the shell ducks. You're right. It contains one extent extant species, the Egyptian goose. The Egyptian goose too, uh they are they've got some shoots on those in South Africa you can go to. Oh, like yeah. some high volume, triple digit type stuff that was fun. Winter survey estimates of giant Canada geese in the Mississippi Flyway. Dude, those knees are pretty cool. The knees? Oh, yeah. they're so pretty. Special bird of the state of Hawaii. Hmm. Comes from we should do this research before. Cold. Yeah. Before <laughs> Everybody join us while we read things. Um, well, this wasn't really... Dude, we've covered like five topics in one in one podcast i mean okay you know what we should do five minutes of research and then talk about like a state like we've been talking about doing for a while <laughs> we haven't done yet exactly just get on the uh, website seven minutes later call me and we'll talk about what we found what state well let's go with one that you know pretty well new york yeah. new york All i know right. they've got some fun stuff to talk about at least right, well, let's end this one and then work on another one all right sounds good bye bye